This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Episode 3, We Let Our Employees Do What? In Part 2 of Peter's series on ransomware protection, Peter is very excited about the topic of web filtering. So, Adam, we've been talking about my white paper on 10 critical steps to survive a ransom attack, a ransomware attack, sorry. And we get to step number three. And um, by my count, uh, the third step is you want to be using a web content filter to limit internet access. Mm Mm-hmm. And now, as I said, I'm, I'm passionate on this one. I'm so passionate that I didn't even wait for you to introduce me on this one. <laughs> you may have noticed. I skipped right ahead. <laughs> but, as always, I want you to uh, just jump right in and uh, take over. So, okay. Anyway. Well, I don't know that I'm as passionate as you are about content filtering, but I am very fond of it. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. All right. Good to have some feelings towards it one way or another. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, I this is, this is one of the tough ones, or this one is a tougher sell for mm-hmm. me to sell to the users, but it's once I explain it to them, the users who actually get it, they're like, oh, this is really important. Yes, it really is. And then you get the other users like, I don't care. I don't care. I want to be able to get to... Whatever Facebook, whatever. Yep. Or it's usually not Facebook they can't get to. It's usually something mm-hmm. off the wall little website that their cousin runs, a photography site, and they can't get to it, and that's what they're upset about. Mm-hmm. But so, so it blocks the bad sites. So I I use um, I use GFI, and it's it's really got some good good content filtering and by default it turns off all the crappy websites the uh the malware the the peer-to-peer sharing the the game you know a lot of waste of time but it doesn't go right after the facebook's and the things like that you have to turn that off intentionally Mm -hmm. so that you don't have a bunch of mad users but it blocks all this you know when you go to when you go to an unsavory site, I'm not even going to list an unsavory site, but if somebody goes to an unsavory site at the office, there are so many links of garbage within that unsavory site that they get they get drawn to or just automatically opens up, and the web filtering blocks that, and they don't even get to it. They don't get those plugins. They don't get those downloads. Right. Now, one thing you're saying too is what what people don't seem to understand is you're 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 saying how you turn on GFI and use that for the content filter and it blocks malware sites and blocks bad sites, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing, the main attack vector that we're seeing, the main way that we are seeing systems getting infected with malware these days is through advertisements, mm-hmm. malicious advertisements. And uh, in early 2016, we saw a number of very high-profile websites, things like AOL, BBC, Wired, mm-hmm. um, all get hit by uh, you know uh, this ad essentially. Because the way these companies, the way these websites make their money these days is through advertisements. Mm-hmm. 
Now they're not, what people don't understand is they're not the ones cranking out these ads themselves. They subscribe to a third-party ad network. And those third-party ad networks, their goal is one thing, make money. So they really don't screen the content of those advertisements very well. And it's very easy sometimes for a criminal to inject malware, bad, bad code, bad software, viruses and stuff into a web advertisement. Yeah. So that's what happened. And, you know, we were seeing tens of thousands of people within the span of like a couple of hours having their systems compromised. Number one, because they weren't patched. But number two, because they were hitting these websites, which they said, well, these are not bad websites. I mm -hmm. trust AOL. I trust the New York Times. Okay, that's great. But the thing is, the New York Times, they weren't actively out there trying to hack your computer. <laughs> but it was somebody else who had hijacked content on the New York Times website. And they were using that to hijack these people's computers. Yeah. Well, and I mean... I've actually seen that there's a there's a local you know like like here our WKRN you know channel four they they sell space on their website and it's exactly like you said they they said here's a we we will sell you this window you know on their website for where you can put your ad mm -hmm. and I could as long as I didn't put any adult content you know I could put anything I want in that window. <laughs> I'm going to yep. drop my Trojan right there, and whoever mm -hmm. sees this is going to download my file and give me control. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so so that's the kind of thing we're talking about. Now, I want to take it, so at this point, this is where I usually take the conversation a step further, because we've established that even a website that you think you know, like, and trust can be compromised. Therefore... Every time you're going online and doing something that is not absolutely a requirement to do your job, you are increasing your risk. You're increasing your exposure to potential harm. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Yeah. Now, that's where I usually get a lot of kickback. People say, well, you know, that, that's ridiculous. We can't, um, you know, we can't restrict Internet access so much because people can't get anything done. Well, I say... It is a bit of a process, but generally, uh, you know, most job functions have a relatively small set of categories of websites that they need to get to, right? So, but in a higher security installation, say a bank teller, for example, I, I have worked with a number of smaller banks and credit unions, and I am still shocked that most of the teller lines have fairly unrestricted internet access right on the tellers machines yeah they shouldn't have any i mean they don't need it they don't <laughs> need it at all not on a banking teller machine where all your sensitive transactions are being conducted i mean that's just nuts mm -hmm. but so so what's good is a good content filter and you mentioned gfi and my friends at sophos would uh, probably be very angry at me if i did not plug them <laughs> they're the ones that we carry mostly these days mm-hmm um, they have the capability to filter by groups. So if you want to, you can assign filtering rules by role, by your role in the company. Mm -hmm. You can do it by person and you can do it by computer. 
And whenever possible, we always try, we always push for doing it by role, by, you know, not by an individual person. So it's not that Steve needs access to job search websites because he's our HR person. It should be the HR manager or maybe possibly everyone in the HR department over there needs access to job search websites. And then you make a group and you assign that role, you know, that group's role to the HR people. What's nice about that is when Steve leaves, leaves his job, and you hire a replacement, Bob, Bob comes in, you just assign Bob the HR role, and he has all the proper permissions. Yeah, yeah. Right? So that's something that's often lost, um, you know, that, that I have to explain a few times to people before they appreciate that. And the other thing is that people often think that if they are at the top of the organizational chart, they should have the least restrictions because mm-hmm. they have the most power. And I argue that it should generally be pretty much the inverse because <laughs> if you are at the top, you are the prime target yes. of, of bad guys. And if your computer, let's just say the CEO's computer gets taken over, we see uh, a lot of this going on. CEO's computer gets taken over. Now a hacker can legitimately send and receive email as the CEO, right? Mm-hmm. We're not forging an email going through someone else's server. We're not using a yahoo.com account and saying, oh, I am, you know, Bob CEO. No, this is actually coming from the CEO's computer, CEO's email account now. Think of the danger that could pose inside most businesses today. Oh, yeah. Right? So we want to make sure that, you know, even if you're at the top, that you're taking the appropriate restrictions. So right off the bat, like whenever we turn on a content filter, the first thing we do is we say we're going to block known malicious websites and malware. That's a no-brainer. Nobody has ever argued about that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I I take that back. Sometimes people say, well, how do they know it's malicious? (laughs) <laughs> and and we say, well, you know, if it's uh, serving up known viruses, trying to download those to your computer, that's malicious, and we want to block. <laughs> but but then um, uh, the next category is we try to block advertisements mm-hmm. and time wasters. Now, just yesterday, day after we're rec- or day before we're recording this, I met with the uh, executive director of a nonprofit. And he had been having problems with the content filter because he said, I'm being banned from travel websites. And as part of his job, he travels a lot to you know, solicit donations for the, the school, the nonprofit. And he says, well, I need to be able to access Hotels.com. I need to be able to access Expedia.com and, and similar websites. Mm-hmm. And I looked and I said, well, we've allowed those. You know, we, we've checked. I've made sure that your user profile has access, made sure that your computer has access. We're not blocking those. So uh, as part of our quarterly meeting, that I, I sat down with him and I said, can you show me exactly what's going on? Well, it turns out he was searching. He wasn't going to, like, Expedia.com. He was just searching for Expedia.com oh, yeah. in the Microsoft Bing search engine. Mm-hmm. And r- the first result coming right back to him even said, ad mm-hmm. expedia.com you know so it's telling you hey this is an advertisement so he was clicking on that and instead of getting directly to expedia.com he was getting an ad yeah i said well yes we do block those because it's an ad so i showed him how to you know if you want to go to expedia.com 
here's how you go straight to Expedia.com, not searching for Expedia.com. Yeah. And once he did that, he was he was all good. Mm-hmm. Um, I also showed him. I said, here's an important thing. There's an a detailed error message explaining why the website was being blocked, and it even said this you know this site has been blocked. Reason web ads. Yeah. <laughs> so we even told them right there. So you know, tip for your user. You know, if you're an end user and you're getting blocked by a content filter for some reason. Read the error message. It yeah. may tell you exactly what's going on. Often they do. We've worked with a number, like I said, Sophos. You use GFI. We've used different, um, you know, things from WebSense and, and uh, Fortinet and lots of them. And mm-hmm. they generally will tell you why this, you know, why you're being denied access. Mm-hmm. And if then if you've read that and you understand that you feel it's inappropriate, that's when you kick it up to the person or the you know company who's managing your firewall. And say, hey, you know, what's going on here? Can you uh, figure out what's happening? Can I get access? Yeah. Uh, and another little hint to this: when you do that, just try to be nice to your IT people. <laughs> so many times I've seen you know requests come in, and they're like, "Your firewall blocks too much. Your content filter is too restrictive. Let me access these sites." And then you know we gently come back and say. You realize that's not even the site that you were really trying to access. This is a <laughs> yeah. fake site posing mm-hmm. as that, mm-hmm. and then you know it just turns into an adversarial confrontation, and we don't like that. No. So. Well, and one of the things that you mentioned was like uh, blocking social sites. Social oh. sites. Well, in the SMB market, there's a lot more of these small businesses that want to be more friendly to their employees and they don't want to you know restrict them from having fun or you know mm-hmm. but but one of the things that that I recommend for companies that kind of have that culture like okay you want to allow Facebook mm-hmm. or or whatever whatever site you want to allow them to get access you know maybe you allow them to have access to it during the lunch hour and yep. after hours so yep. you you only restrict during the business hours. I mean, right. always restrict the bad stuff. That stuff always should be blocked. But, you know, if you want to allow your employees to, you know, they've got a company laptop and you're going to let them take it home and they can use it at home, which I wouldn't recommend. But yep. if they do, and that's the culture, you know, you can release those social filters to allow them to use it in the evenings. Yep. You can. And personally, I, I generally recommend against that. Uh, mm-hmm. Policy because here's the thing: the viruses in those bad sites they work after hours too. Are you sure? I'm. I know this for a fact. <laughs> I have never once come across a malicious website that said, "Oh, it's five o'clock. I'm done." <laughs> but the other thing I say is, well, if you really feel that you know you want to be that nice to your staff, I mean that's 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 good. I, that's you have the best intentions. That's wonderful. If you really want them, then dedicate them a, a separate computer or let them bring their own device and set up a separate guest network, separate mm-hmm. from your actual you know, uh, work wireless network, and let them surf there with their own devices. And heck, if you really like your employees that much and you want to appreciate them, buy them a small iPad, buy them a small Android tablet and say, hey, surf to your heart's content on that thing. Mm-hmm. And if anything happens to it, it's not connected to my work network. It doesn't affect your work computer at all. Mm-hmm. 
the the trick thing is that, that you want to consider though too is I usually see uh, you know bosses and CEOs and owners of the companies will say well, like oh we don't have enough time to be wasting time surfing the web here my employees never do that <laughs> and without exception when I run a content filter report and I show it to them in the top ten we always and I mean always see sites like Pandora Facebook YouTube, Hulu, Google Video, mm -hmm. and all kinds of other time wasters. Now, there can be a case. I mean, I watch a lot of instructional videos on YouTube. Um, I handle our, a lot of our social media marketing, so I spend time on Facebook. I also will sometimes troubleshoot or administer clients' Facebook pages. Mm -hmm. So I have a legitimate need to get to Facebook sometimes, right? But I don't leave it open 24-7 and just, you know, like seeing, clicking on like on all my friends' status updates. Yeah. So there's a difference. Uh, and not everybody needs access to these websites. Mm -hmm. So some people do, some people don't. So all I ask is that, you know, that if you're in the decision-making uh, seat, is that you actually think this over and don't jump to the conclusion and say, oh, my employees would never waste time. Let's say, you want to bet? <laughs> uh, I've never found somebody who wasn't at least, you know, surfing the web a little casually, a little more than their boss thought they should have been doing when mm -hmm. we've actually dug into it. And um, so that's my that's my big th suggestion there. Well, and you can also generate. I'm I'm sure that Sophos does this as well. You can generate a report of what time, you know, website utilization, who was on it, when, yep. you know how long and that's a good report to have you know yeah because any any good content filter will give you a, a very deep level of detail one of one of my larger clients you know he we set up the filtering and he got content report and he's like what's this what's this big set of bandwidth going to uh i forget which website it was like hulu or something like that he said nobody's watching movies here at the office and i said well, you, somebody is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. People don't they don't realize it. And you know, it's it's our nature. Well, some people it's in their nature to be trust trustful, and some people are you know don't trust anybody. Some people are paranoid. Mm -hmm. uh, I like to strike a healthy balance between the two. You know, trust but verify. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I think that's a good thing, but one other important thing is before you start having your IT folks, uh, you know, configuring your firewall and configuring your web content filter, draw up a policy which states what is and what is not allowed. Um, this this helps a lot. You know, you you want to have a policy in place which states what people are and are not permitted to do with your computers. And a lot of people, as soon as I hear policy, a lot of small business owners are like, oh, we're, we're too small for policies. We don't have time for that. Like, your policy only maybe can be as simple as a few sentences. You know, even if you just start by saying use of our computer and IT systems is restricted for purposes of furthering the business, period. If you just start with that, that gives you so much more leverage in the event that you have a, an employee issue. And again, you know, I've employed people for going on 20 years now. 
I've never, I, I've, I've had employee issues. I've always, everybody who has had employees has had some sort of <laughs> time where they've had to have that unpleasant talk to somebody, mm-hmm. right? It will happen. So have a simple policy in place which governs use of your technology. That also makes your IT provider's job a lot more pleasant mm-hmm. because you don't want to have some firewall jockey come in and say, well, I've decided today we're blocking Facebook. And <laughs> that's just the way it is. No. Yeah. This policy should come down from the top and your IT people should be enforcing the policies that you have set forth. And in here I also say work with your IT providers to figure out what those policies should be. Uh, you know, if you're not super tech savvy yourself, you don't want to be making policies on things that you don't really understand. Mm-hmm. So work with them, come up with a policy, and then have them enforce it. And then periodically just check in and make sure that you know it's working and doing what you're thinking. I guarantee employee productivity will go up if they're not allowed to surf Facebook all the time. Yeah. Well, I bet you have a. Well, I'm going to put up a link uh, on on this this one here because I've got a default policy, a cookie cutter policy that people can download. You probably have one as well, don't you? Yes. Um, I, I do. I should say yes and no. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. And no, I don't give it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, because what will happen is people will take the policy, they will do a search and replace for company name, put in their company name, and put it into effect. And never read it. <laughs> never read it. Right? Or they'll read it, not understand it, but still put it in. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, we don't generally just supply policy templates. Oh, okay. Uh, we offer the service where we'll work with you to draft and create a policy, and we will then start with a template. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the whole just search and replace issue, it's too risky, and I don't want my name put on anything. You know, I don't want anyone coming back to me and saying, well, you gave us this policy, so it's your fault that we uh, you know, allowed access to blah, blah, blah when we shouldn't have. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Well, I think that that covers the web content filtering. Anything else we want to hit on that? No, I think that pretty much covers it. And I will now step down off of my uh, HR soapbox. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, kind of as a reminder, though, uh, this will throw a pop up on the screen saying it's blocked and it'll even tell it tell you why. So, I mean, like Peter said, a lot of times if, if the user just read it, they would see exactly why it blocked it. And then they can also report to the IT. They can either take a screenshot or take a picture with their phone and send it to them saying, hey, this is blocked. Because I've, I've had to undo, I mean, I've, I've, and it's an easy thing for us to do. It's really fast to go in there and open up a website. Like, I've got, I've got an animation studio and they've got to look at, you know, lots of different things and because they're doing photography and production studios they a lot of times they either get marked as uh, pornography mm-hmm. or unclassified uh, and it's you know just because it's got pictures and, and sometimes it may be they've got adult content movies that are associated with the production company there's not necessarily adult movies on there so you just got to get in there and reclassify that website but it's really not that long sometimes it takes 20 30 minutes from the time you change it for the user and it updates the policy and then they can go into it so it's really not a big deal but it is helpful to know if they know what's being blocked yeah and we do um 
we recently, uh, one of my newer clients was a, a startup in the Boston area who called us because uh, they were receiving pop-ups. So they said, we're, and I wasn't clear exactly what was going on. But it turned out that their website was being blocked by content filters. Mm-hmm. So when they would go on site, uh, the salesman would go on site to a potential client and he would try to access their website and they would say, this is blocked. Now, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, they never showed me the exact error message. So all he could tell me is, well, it's being blocked. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. It would really help if I had a little more info. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, I didn't, so I did the best I could. But we dug in and we found that the site itself was clean. Mm-hmm. But they were doing or they had failed to do a number of best practices, which made them look kind of shady. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is their host was a known uh, adult content hosting provider. Mm-hmm. And just by the fact that they were they were in the same neighborhood as a bunch of other you know adult content vendors, it mm-hmm. was essentially guilt by association. Uh huh. <laughs> so you know the the website itself did not have a domain name. They only had um, the IP address. And I said, well, right off the bat, that does not look very professional. Yeah. <laughs> um, the website did not have a, a secure a TLS or an SSL certificate on it. Um, and then on top of that, it's being you know hosted by a known adult content provider. So you put all those factors together, it was no wonder that a uh, you know content filter would err on the side of caution and say, mm, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> so once we were able to you know identify those, we took some steps to remedy that, and they're they're able to now actually demo their product without being classified as spam. <laughs> well, this is this is still on topic, but I had I encountered this this week. Google is actually doing some uh, web content filtering on our browser. I mean, of course you can you can we could have a whole other conversation about that's none of Google's business, but but it was interesting. I received I uh, you know, I was running my email in Google and then also doing my browsing in Google, I received an email from one of my missionary friends, and it says hello. But it said hello in Russian hmm. uh, and a couple other different languages, all in the subject line, hello. And, you know, he's talking about his upcoming mission trip to the Ukraine. And, uh, you know, and I read it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, blah, blah, blah. And then I archived it. It didn't, you know, it didn't go to spam or anything. But mm-hmm. then I was doing some uh, searching on WordPress extensions. And I got to this forum, and this forum said, hey, I like this WordPress extension. How could I recreate it? And I went to look at the website where he went that he was trying to recreate because it was kind of a similar script that I was looking for. And it was a Chinese website. <laughs> so the Chinese website, I mean, there was nothing malicious or bad about the Chinese website. I couldn't understand it because I don't read Chinese. <laughs> but uh, I clicked a couple links in it and I was like, yeah, this isn't what I was looking for. And then I did another search for a WordPress script and Google popped up and said, your computer is doing malicious activity. Hmm. Uh, 
please enter in the captcha here that if it's valid activity i'm like oh right. i got i got malware from that chinese website that's what happened <laughs> i i knew i did and then i uh so i kicked off malware scans i'm like oh you know i got it i'm gonna have to restore but you know, I went through the exercise of trying to clean it up, but there was nothing to clean up. It was detecting that I was, you know, a norm, you know, I'm in the United States, a normal English speaking browsing history. And then all of a sudden I'm going to these different languages and it said, hey, this is unusual activity. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, I thought it was cool. And then it also raised the hairs on the back of my neck at the same time. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it is kind of scary with the things that Google knows about us sometimes. <laughs> cool. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up my spiel on uh, content filtering. I think so. I think we got it. If anybody has any questions, um, we'll post links, contact links in the uh, show notes, and you can pick, feel free to contact us, and we're happy to talk about this stuff all day. Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you, Peter. Thanks, Adam. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.